Hey guys, if you're interested in checking out a video version of the show, please visit the Low Key Geek channel on YouTube. There you can not only catch the video version of the podcast, but you can also check out my other projects and short form video that I produce. You can find a link in the description. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. up everybody and good morning on a friday yes this episode is debuting on a friday this week my apologies normally this would have debuted on thursday morning um the day after the latest episode of the book of boba fett which what i'm talking about this week and what i've been talking about for the last couple of weeks but you know what as an independent a uh, person running a channel on his own. Sometimes you come across some unforeseen technical difficulties, and let's just say that uh, me and technology was not gelling at all the last couple of days. So I've been having audio issues and some video capture issues, and I realized I had to like update some software and da 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 da. And hence why this episode is late. So I deeply do apologize. But if you are tuning in still, even though it's a little bit late, there's always time to talk about Boba Fett and Star Wars. Why not? Especially with this episode. Because this episode was massive. Lots of lots of surprises and all that stuff. But I'll get into that in just a minute. Again, this is the Morning After Spoiler Podcast. As the title suggests and tells you that we talk about spoilers for the biggest show that's airing during the week. Um, and that is the Book of Boba Fett. Some may say, especially according to the poll I ran recently, that it should be Peacemaker. And that is something I will be talking about since Boba Fett is coming to a close um, next week. So we are in the home stretch. But still, <clears throat> many of you are talking about Boba Fett. I'm still talking about Boba Fett because we're getting a lot of good stuff here. And yes, we could still call it Mandalorian Season 2.5 because that's what it still feels like. Because with all the surprises we got, hey, we are still getting a full-fledged out storyline that includes the Mandalorian just like we did last week. But before I get into the specifics of this episode, and like I said, thank you for tuning in. If you are new to this channel and you like what you see, join the discussion, leave a comment, ask questions, tell me what your favorite uh, moments were in the latest episode, and don't forget to hit that like and subscribe buttons because that helps a small channel like myself uh, go on and everything. And if you are an audio listener, you can catch an audio form of this show in podcast uh, format through your podcast platform of choice like Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, yes, I am still on Spotify for now. Um, and we will see what happens moving forward. But you can find me on all of those major podcast platforms and make sure to download the episodes and leave a good rating too. Again, I am still a small channel and independent channel and looking to help grow this community of awesome people. I've been loving the comments. I've been loving in engaging with all of you, talking about these episodes every week um, and looking forward to continuing this. So 
and and something I did want to address too, um, which is some uh, fallout, not fallout, but a lot of conversations been having since last week's episode. Um, and it's you know it's surrounding Bryce Dallas Howard, whom I love tremendously. I think she is not only a great actress. But she's proven herself to be a really good director. You could really tell that the genes have really, really transferred over. And uh, everything that her dad has done directing-wise, she has picked up a lot. And she's making a name for herself in the directing world. And after directing several episodes of The Mandalorian, and now directing probably what some may say was one of their most favorite episodes of The Book of Boba Fett, um, many people are out there, especially on the Twitterverse, saying that they want to see Bryce Dallas Howard direct a Star Wars movie, which I would not be opposed to. But I'm going to tell you why I don't think she should. Bryce Dallas Howard, the way she directs the episodes that she was involved in, really does a good job at not only outlining and telling a nice, well-rounded story, but she focuses a lot on character development. And I really do feel like you get so much more from the characters that are involved in the episodes that she directs. And I truly feel that the only way she could ever be able to fully accomplish that is through a TV format, in a streaming format. Um, if you let her direct the movie, my personal feeling is that you are gonna be restricting her. You're gonna be putting her in, in this box and you're going to be limiting her to only two hours, two and a half hours worth of storytelling. Now, I'm not saying that she won't be able to accomplish what she's been accomplishing on these episodes. I'm pretty sure she can. But wouldn't you rather see a full six episode, eight episode uh, limited series or, or seasonal series? where she's allowed to do that in every episode or maybe direct some but also be like maybe a co-director or help write some of the other episodes that she may not be directing wouldn't you rather see her display her talents that way i think personally that would be the best case scenario um for bryce dallas howard to continue because she, she's shown that she can do that so well and i feel like in this type of format in a streaming tv format it allows her to um to have more freedom to do that type of storytelling to do that type of character development i mean i i just loved every episode that she touched and that she was involved in and you can tell she loves it too and everyone who who works with her loves working with her says nothing but great things about her um i just feel like limiting her to a full featured movie is not going to do it any justice uh and uh, allow her to really exp you know uh express her creative creativity uh in that format and uh, that's just me i'm sure a lot of you will have counter arguments about it and all that but i think allowing her to be able to continue in this type of episodic format where she could do much more character building much more character development backstories um we all know she can do action really well she's been proving that time like in the last two things that she's touched um i just think it would play out so nicely to have her hand 
involved in a much longer format when it comes to TV and streaming, um, when it comes to like episodic uh, storytelling. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Let me know in the comments about her directing. Uh, and because it's very timely too, because in this recent episode, once again, it shows you how important directing can be for any kind of series. This is by far, probably if not my favorite, but second favorite episode of this show so far. Yes, there is going to be that argument that, oh, look, we hardly got Boba Fett in it, but it doesn't matter. Again, people, we forget the name of the show is The Book of Boba Fett. And like with any story that you've read in book format, you're going to have chapters that veers you away from the main storyline, but that help build up that main storyline by giving more um, uh, backstory or giving more supporting story that will play nicely with what we're we're knowing about right now, what we're seeing, what we're hoping to see, right? And the brilliance of this too, it looks like what they're doing is not only going to meld well with the current storyline of Boba Fett, but proceed into the next season of The Mandalorian, which I think is brilliant. You know, uh, I just think Boba Fett is more than likely going to be a main player within The Mandalorian story universe. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think I love that. But we have to understand why that is, right? And that's why we have this type of show. Um, So... Yeah, again, let me know in the comments what you think. But like I said, this episode was directed by Dave Filoni. Uh, he co-wrote this episode with Favreau. And I it, it was just brilliant from beginning to end. Lots of surprises. Lots of great, and I hate to use this term, but a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, nods to everything that the fandom loves so far from The Mandalorian and from Star Wars. Um, you know, and the great thing about it too is that it felt like a Western. From the from the very beginning, this, this episode had that feeling of like a Western type vibe, uh, which we've, you know, come to love when it comes to The Mandalorian. You know, the, the Mandalorian series um, does a good uh, job at you know, paying homage to the influences of Star Wars. And if you know what those are, Lucas has mentioned it time and time again. It's Westerns, the serial uh, sci-fi stuff that he grew up watching, and the samurai movies. And this gave us a good feeling of that Western style, that Western vibe. And especially in a lot of the scenes that I'm going to talk about later on, really, really great stuff. Um, so I, I, again, it's amazing how very thoughtful they are when they put the, this series together. And I really, truly feel that they knew how to progress the story and have it so that we are always going to be glued to it, no matter how unhappy we are with the things before. I'm pretty sure they weren't expecting the backlash that this series has been getting so far, um, leading up to this point that we are within the storyline. Um, but I've been loving everything. Uh, and I know a, mo- a lot of you out there have been loving the show too. Um, but again, this is another great example of brilliant directing, directing from a person who loves 
the lore, who loves the universe, who loves the characters that he's been involved in for so long now. You know, when I talk about surprises, I mean, he's bringing characters that, you know, even though it's been rumored or, it, you know, you ask the fandom out there um, who you would love to see in this series or in The Mandalorian or what have you. There's this one name that pops up every time and the payout of this of seeing this character show up on screen is just amazing and it floored me i yelped out loud i was like no way they're doing it they're doing it there he is there he is and bam we got it and ooh what a representation of this character too i mean it was just amazing and i really really loved it so those are just my initial thoughts of the episode, but let's start diving into it um, as I do all the time. But before I do that, again, don't forget, if you like what you're seeing and you want to see more of this content from myself or have, you know, YouTube or what have you recommend more content like this, hitting that like and subscribe buttons will definitely help with that. And, um, you know, if you're like me, you probably start your mornings off with a nice cup of joe, right? Kind of coffee to start your day off. But how healthy is that cup of coffee that you're drinking? If you're like me, you are not a huge fan of coffee that has that acidic taste to it. That every time you drink it, it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth for a while. And then maybe it doesn't make it doesn't gel with your stomach or what have you like that. Now, the only kind of coffee that I drink that never has that effect on me is Bulletproof Coffee. Um, bulletproof Coffee has been a staple in my mornings every day, every week. And it's because it is that clean coffee feeling that I've been looking for. And I want you guys to be able to experience that as well. Uh, I want you to start your mornings right and start it a little bit more bulletproof. And why do I love bulletproof so much? Um, you know, bulletproof, like I said, is more of that cleaner coffee. They do a really good job in making sure that the beans that they harvest are fully cleansed and cleaned up from all sorts of chemicals. They don't add anything to it so that when you get the beans or when they're grounded up for you and you're ready to go in your mornings, you're getting the full bean effect. You're not getting any kind of uh, additives to it, nothing chemical-wise. Um, but Bulletproof Coffee also offers a lot of great other products. You know, they have keto-friendly snacks and proven supplements, you know, so that you can fuel your journey every day uh, with Bulletproof. Um, their approach is that nutrition helps transform the way you feel. And that's why a lot of people who, you know, partake in Bulletproof products and drink Bulletproof coffee, they, this is something that they've added to their main diets every day. Um, and it, you feel the effect. I mean, not only do you get the caffeine that you need, but you also have that clean feeling within your body. And I love drinking it every day. It, it gets me going and it makes me feel good. And knowing that what I'm drinking is cleaner for me and, you know, better for me health wise. So uh, if you want to try out Bulletproof Coffee, uh, I do have a special um, code that you can use that will give you 15% off your order. Just use the code LOWKEYGEEK, all capital letters, one word, uh, at checkout when you go to Bulletproof Coffee, that's Bulletproof.com, or click on the link 
in the description of this episode. Uh, they have a starter kit that allows you to not only sample their coffee, but also try out their um, kind of butter solution, which will allow you to do make this frothy coffee that you could enjoy every morning. It, it's kind of like a buttery smooth latte. Um, and it has all the benefits of having kind of like that great dietary start to your morning. Um, so check it out. I believe it's on sale for $25 right now if you check it out on the site. Um, but you can still get your 15% off. So make sure to check it out. Like I said, use the code LOWKEYGEEK, all one word, capital letters, to get 15% off and fuel your journey with Bulletproof. And uh, I, I don't think you will uh, be sorry in trying it. And if you do, let me know when you do because I want to hear your thoughts about the product because uh, I want to make sure that I'm providing great products for all of you guys. And I stand by this because I uh, partake in Bulletproof every day. And if it's something that you love, I want to hear about it as well because uh, I don't want to be suggesting, you know, bullshit stuff to you guys. That's not what I do. That's not why I'm here. You know, I, I put my name on stuff that and I back things that I do believe that you all would enjoy. So let me know and enjoy that discount. All right. Let's get into this episode of Boba Fett. The title of the episode was From the Desert Comes a Stranger, and you will understand what that means shortly. But, uh, like I said, uh, so the, the, the episode begins straight up on the on desert sands of Tatooine. We see these guys again, these little jack-offs, right? The pikes. Um, we already know they're, they're causing problems. They're stirring up some, some shit. In Tatooine they're looking to probably take over and everything and we could see they're still running spice so they got their shipment they got the money and all that and then who shows up very unexpectedly and this is one of my first <gasps> moments of the show and that is good old Cobb Vanth that's right Timothy Oliphant is back looking great as always I mean look at this guy the hair is still on point you know, the swagger, you know, the, the way he stands and he has that lean to him, the way he talks. Cobb Vanth and um, having Timothy cast as Cobb Vanth has been a brilliant move. And I love that he's still in this universe. And again, it's surprising that he showed up here. Um, one of many surprises, by the way. I was not expecting to see him in this um, series. I was thinking, of course, he may show up in season three of the mandalorian or what have you like that but he's here and basically he's like hey what are you guys doing you know like i don't care what kind of you know deal you have with whoever but every time you come by my neck of the woods you know you're not allowed to do what you're doing here you know so instead of like getting rid of them right away he's like i'm gonna give you guys a warning you know let's call this an accident happy accident you know, you got lost and, and all that. I'll let you take what you got, move uh, move on with your with your bad selves and all that. But just know the next time you come by and you get lost, you'll be lost permanently, basically, right? Some of them then take kindly to those words after they tried to give him an out and they foolishly tried to attack him. And he takes them out, all, all but one. He takes them all but one out like no problem whatsoever so you have this 
poor sap here who's all by himself seeing all his dead buddies there and like uh oh and he's you know he's like hey you must be the smart one right um how about this i'm letting you go just so you could inform all your other syndicate buddies right like i'm very familiar with the syndicate and like i said i don't care what kind of deal you have with anybody else but anytime you come around here you know you're not allowed and it's you're gonna suffer the same fate as all these guys and he's like since you your fellas made a big mistake in trying to take me out why don't you leave that chest and take the money and then get out of here and the dude's like yo this chest is worth much more than your little city here in the outskirts and he's like could be but let's just call it a little uh, uh a little penance a little uh payment for letting me if letting you live and all that so he lets him go and all that. And the badass that he is, he walks over to the chest, he opens it up, and he sees it's all spice, right? It's all the spice that they were, like, smuggling. And what does he do? He's like, I don't give a crap about this spice. He tips it over, he lets it all spill out. And he's like, you know what? I'm good. We're all good. I don't need this in my, in my life. And this dude, I mean, I'm telling you, he is pure badass pure pure badass i love that and he just lets him go so that's how the episode starts really really amazing really really cool ready get you excited and pumped for what is to expect for this next up for what's to come next right so now we see good old mando here in his new naboo starfighter um we the last episode we saw that you know he agreed to help out boba fett but first he has to do this one thing he wants to find Grogu and give him the present that he has. Now, my initial thought was that, okay, possibly we're going to see those events of him looking for Grogu in a season three of Mandalorian. And what I was thinking is that in this episode, we're, we're going to see him return from that trip. And then in season three, we'll see like a flashback moment or like kind of like, you know, these these this is the hole that we haven't seen yet. And we're going to see what transpired during that. But they're like, nah, we're going to go straight right into it. It's like we see him where he's going off. He arrives at a planet that looks like it could be uh, Act 2 where Luke Skywalker is because it has the similar like mountain ranges and everything like that but it looks very fresh right because again this is like way before all the events of the force awakens and all that stuff like that but as he lands on the planet surprise number two we have r2d2 and he's there scanning waiting for mando to to arrive and to land and I was just like, what? We're getting to see R2 also? So really, really awesome stuff. So R2's there. He meets up with Mando. Mando's like, hey, what's up, buddy? I'm looking for Skywalker. That dude, Skywalker. And R2's like, all right, follow me. You know, he's, you know, leading him through the planet. So we get to see the planet and all that stuff like that. We get to see what's happening. And what's happening is that they're building up what is to be the first Jedi school, the Jedi school that Luke is putting together that we already know that he did. Um, but we're getting to see the early signs of it, the early uh, beginnings of it. And they have all of these spider robots working on it. You see them like digging like resources and all that. And they're putting together the, this building, right? 
Now, you know, before I continue, I don't know how you guys feel, but spiders freak me out all the time. And seeing these spider robots triggered something in my mind that really freaked me out. Because when I was a kid, there was this movie called uh, Runaway. I don't know if you guys know, it starred Tom Selleck. Uh, and it's kind of like a futuristic type movie where he's like this, uh, I, I, I believe he's like a cop or a bounty hunter or something like that. But he is uh, tasked to take down this dude who uses robots to kill people. And the robots that he uses look like this. Little spider robots. And they look very similar to these Star Wars robots. And the thing that freaked me out about this movie is that these spider robots would like latch onto you and they have like this killer needle that will like inject like poison in you and just kill you on the spot. Really, really interesting movie. If you guys ever have a chance, I, I recommend you check it out. It's 80s camp goodness, right? It's expect it's exactly what you expect from 80s movies, 80s action movies. I remember watching this in the theater as a kid and it freaked me the hell out because I'm like, these spider robots are frightening and you know they're they're tiny that they can get in anywhere and they could latch on to you and all that stuff like that. So I was just like, oh man, these guys they remind me too much of this freaking movie. But anyway, so just wanted to share that moment with you. But you know, he's like, all right, so where's Skywalker. And then what happens? R2 shuts himself off. And Mando's like, dude, what's happening? The robots all of a sudden decide to build him this bench. And he's like, what is that, a bench? Oh, you mean I'm supposed to wait now? How long am I supposed to wait here for? And of course, no one's talking to him. So they build him a bench and they're like, all right, take a squat. And they continue doing what they're doing. So now Mando has to wait. And we see why he has to wait, because now we get to finally see Grogu and Luke training. This was another, ah, oh my God moment, because again, I was not expecting to see first Grogu in this early in a Book of Boba Fett show. And we get to see Luke Skywalker again. And... You know, I thought we were only going to see him once at the end, like like what we got in the end of season two of The Mandalorian. And I thought that was just going to be a one-off thing. And then maybe, you know, somehow we'll see Grogu again, whatever. But it was really, really fascinating to see that they are really showing us Luke Skywalker and having him, uh, having us see him train Grogu. Uh, especially since this is early on uh, after he got Grogu to help train him and all that stuff like that. So really, really fascinating stuff. And, you know, Grogu, for some reason, he can't stop thinking with his stomach. I, I feel like he's like my my inner uh, my inner child. He's like my my my, uh, you know, he's he's like my spirit animal because I too sometimes think about food all the time and I wish I could just eat as much as I want, but I can't do that or else I'll be really, really huge. Um, but Grogu always thinks with his stomach and he sees this frog and even though they're supposed to be meditating, he like uses the force to grab the frog and you can see like he's ready to chomp on this thing. He's like, it's lunchtime or it's 11 seas or whatever. 
And of course, Luke wakes up and he's like, Grogu, what the hell are you doing? And Grogu's like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, all that stuff like that. But Luke uses this opportunity to show the power of the Force. So the frog jumps back into the pond and all that. But then Luke uses his Force power to pretty much get all the frogs within the vicinity and levitate them. And of course, Grogu's like, oh my gosh, you could do all that? Ooh, it's a buffet. No, dummy. This is not for you to eat. This is just for me to show you this is what you can do with the Force. And of course, Luke lets them go and they all fall back down into the pond. And Grogu, you could tell, is just stunned. Like, wow, you could really do all this, right? Um, let's talk about Luke real quick. Now, some people have been complaining that the CG here is not the best. I think it's probably one of the better CG works that they've done especially with bring someone back in a younger form mark hamill is doing the voice still so he's he does all the dialogue and then of course we have the stand-in actor but we have what i like to call the facsimile luke here what throws me off about luke is not the cg it's the look his hair is a little longer um and when you see him, you see a semblance of Mark Hamill, but you don't really feel like that's Mark Hamill. So the way I'm looking at this is, you know, when you read a comic book and you see pictures or depictions of Luke Skywalker, you see the semblance there, right? But you never really fully feel like, oh, that's Mark Hamill, right? Or when you see like an action figure and all that stuff like that, it's Luke Skywalker. You know it because it has some of those key features but it doesn't always feel like that's mark hamill so i'm treating this in that sense in that way it's a facsimile of luke skywalker the way they want us to see luke skywalker right now and i think this is a smart move for them to do because i think the problem of having an actor attached to such a major character role is that everyone is going to associate that actor with that character. This is allowing them to, yes, we still get some of that, but it's not going to be 100% tied into that actor, but we're still getting the essence of Luke Skywalker. The only true thing that really throws me off is the dialogue. I feel like it just doesn't mesh well with the actions that you're seeing on screen. He talks extremely slow. And at times when he's talking, he sounds like a dick. You know, I, I understand he's trying to be like a teacher and all that. But he sounds and it comes across as him being like kind of like a jerk, like a bully in a way, you know. And I think because of the slowness of the speech and all that, it really throws me off. And I don't know if they're ever going to be able to get out of that um, unless they hire a different voice actor to play the role of Luke Skywalker. If they're gonna constantly use Mark Hamill, obviously if you hear Mark Hamill speak now, he sounds older, he is a little gruffier in his voice. So they have to digitize it in a way to make him sound younger. And I think that is the one true thing that is throwing me off with this character, with this depiction of Luke Skywalker. So, but CG wise, as far as the CG work here, I personally think it's the best 
that they've done. I'm curious what all of you think. So let me know what your thoughts are about the way they're handling Luke Skywalker here. But we continue. Um, he basically, you know, says, hey, let's take a walk. And they're walking through the forest. And uh, this is there's a many, many cute moments throughout this episode involving Grogu. And since Grogu is tiny and he can't really walk that well, Luke uses the force to kind of like lift him up and move him a couple of paces. Then he walks a little bit. Then he lifts him up and move him. It's kind of cute and really funny. But he's having a discussion with Grogu. And you can tell that he's trying to learn more about Grogu and have Grogu probably remember more about where he's come, where he comes from. He mentions Yoda and he says like, you know, you remind me of someone very dear to me, and that's Master Yoda, who was my teacher, and all this kind of stuff like that. You know, he speaks in riddles. Do people from your planet or where you're from speak in riddles too? Um, do you remember where you're from? Or And then he's like, basically, would you like to remember? So Luke uses the Force to kind of help Grogu unlock those memories that he has seemed to have shut off. That's why Grogu doesn't realize that he can use the Force and all that stuff like that. So he's trying to unlock more of the memories of Grogu and kind of bring things out into the forefront. And as he does that, we get treated to a little bit of a flashback. And we could see that Grogu was among uh, or being protected by three Jedi. And these are the events that are unfolding during the Order 66 execution, right? So you see the clone troopers there. You see them fighting against these clone troopers, trying to hold their own. Um, but all three of them eventually get wiped out. And then we see the clone troopers approach Grogu, and it looks like that's when they finally capture him, right? I don't know who these Jedi, who the, the Jedi are. If you go online and you go to Twitter, lots of people have tons of speculation as who they could be, or at least who one of them can be. I think they highlighted a symbol on the side that could tie to a specific Jedi within canon and all that stuff like that. Look, I'm not going to dive that deep into it. I just thought this was a cool scene, very cool depiction, and we get a little bit of a backstory as to where Grogu came from or what he experienced, right? But that's it. And, you know, when he snaps out of it, Luke pretty much tells Grogu, look, there's a lot of danger out there. So what I want to do is I want to teach you how to use the Force to protect yourself. You know, this is stuff that will help you in this dangerous world that we live in. You know, because there's a lot of stuff out there. And I thought that was, you know, he's doing whatever he can to get Grogu to accept the training and to, you know, really understand the importance of the training because Grogu you could tell is still kind of hesitant he's like a little kid still right he's still trying to figure things out so he's as any teacher would he's trying to tell him the benefits and convince him on what he needs to do in order to learn the ways of the force so I thought that was really really cool and nice moment so yes Ahsoka shows up what what moment again like and again it's another surprise basically what happens here we go back to mando mando wakes up in in a startle right r2 is fully awake and it's because ahsoka is waiting for him and he's like oh i wasn't expecting to see you here 
um, you know, I'm here to see Skywalker, you know, and what are you doing here? And she's like, well, I'm basically asking you the same question. And he's like, well, I need to see Grogu. I really miss him. And I have this gift. Right. Um, and she's like, all right, well, why don't we take a walk first? You know, so you get a sense that she probably knew that Mando would somehow make contact or would want to make contact. So she's there to kind of play as a buffer. Right. And then we later learn, find, we later find out that that is true. Because as they're walking, you know, you know, he's like, I thought you weren't going to be training Grogu. And she's like, I'm not Master Lucas. And it's like, do you trust him? And it's like, well, you know, I'm very close to the family and all that stuff like that. And, you know, it was he was chosen to be the to be the one to teach him. And all I can do is, you know, accept that and everything. Um, she explains that what you're seeing being built is the new school that Master Luke is planning to have and to teach and Grogu is going to be the first student of the Jedi School, Jedi Academy and all that stuff like that. And all this time, you can tell that Mando is completely missing Grogu. He is really playing that father. He's like, I miss my kid and I came all this way and I really, really want to see him. You know, I even brought this gift and I really want to give it to him. And she's questioning him like, now, are you doing this for him or for you? Is the gift here for him or is it uh, something that will make him remember you? You know, and he's asking she's asking him all these great questions. And Mando just can't get it out of his mind that, look, it doesn't matter. I'm here. I want to see my kid. You know, he, he keeps referring to Grogu as a Mandalorian uh, youngling. And that's how he came into his, his uh, you know, uh, his protection and everything like that. And in his mind, he will always be this way. But then she's like, well, maybe he's a Padawan now. So you don't have to think of him anymore as a Mando, Mandalorian youngling. You know, he his training is now what is important. And, you know, you kind of have to accept that and respect it. And there's they're having this really deep conversation. And you can tell that Ahsoka really sympathizes with Mando, like really, really true. And he she understands, you know, the bond between you and Grogu is really huge. And I warned you before that that's going to be very hard to break and to separate from. Um you know, it's difficult for that attachment to to be able to release itself and all that. And during all this time, then he, you know, eventually he has the gift and he sees, you know, Grogu uh, and Luke having their conversation up on the hilltop. And, you know, they're really, really in the middle of their training. Um, and in a way, Mando has to make that decision, you know. Does he go forward and meet up with Grogu to hand him this gift at the cost of maybe forcing Grogu to want to stop his training and, you know, go back with him? So Mando has to make this choice. And it's kind of like one of those important choices that a parent has to make when they send their kids off to college, right? It's like, you know, you're going to miss them terribly. 
but you want them to do what they need to do in order to take those next steps in their in their adulthood, right? This is what Grogu needs to do now for himself if he is to be trained as a Jedi, which he should be, and which Mando seems to be all down with. But as a parent, he can't separate himself from it, right? Eventually, he does make a decision. He's like, okay, fine. I'll give you the gift. If you can please give that to him, that'll be great. And off away he goes. Gets back into his starfighter. He flies away. And as it's flying away, you could see Luke and Grogu seeing it fly away. And you can tell Grogu, even though Grogu never saw that ship before, Grogu senses that, oh, you know, the Mandalorian's on there. My, my, my buddy, my, my, my daddy, he's there. And I miss him. And it's so sweet and very touching. You're like, oh, he misses his papa. He's like, papa, please don't go. Papa, can you hear me? You know, all that stuff like that. It was very, very touching. Very, very touching moment. Um, so we, uh, as the ship flies away, then we see Luke and Grogu continue their training. And we get a nice little montage of stuff and a lot of stuff that is very reminiscent to um, the training that we saw Luke go forward with uh, when he was being trained under Yoda, right? First, he tries to teach uh, Grogu how to jump. And we see his pathetic attempts of jumping, but he keeps reminding Grogu about the importance of using the force while you're jumping and all that kind of stuff like that. I also have to call out and mention here that the puppetry for Grogu in this episode was so well done because there's a lot of moments where Grogu is standing on his own or walking or jumping. You know, many times when we saw Grogu, he was always either sitting down or like being carried. So we get a lot of moments where Grogu is solo, is really there on his own, and you really feel like he is a real being, that he's not a puppet. Like, the puppetry is so brilliantly done. I really love what they did here. But, you know, he does, like, the jump training, and then he puts him on his backpack. Luke puts Grogu on his backpack, and basically Luke is doing the same thing he did with Yoda running through the forest, jumping, flipping around, climbing trees. You know, we see these animals and he's like jumping through these animals and all that stuff like that. Really, really cool throwback to um, the moment in Empire Strikes Back, which I thought was really, really well done. Um, then he, you know, kind of trains Grogu on balancing, which is really important. Um, we see Luke even kind of, you know, practice with the lightsaber. And Grogu's like astonished, like, ooh, very cool. I want to do that too. You know, I don't know if that's how he would talk, but um, but he thinks that's really cool. Then he brings out the, the training remote, the famous training remote. And he's like, you're going to start training with this. And the cutest thing is that Grogu throws a ball. So he rolls it back to Luke. And he's like, no, 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 dummy. That's not how it works. So he activates the thing. And, you know, it's shooting lasers at Grogu. And Grogu has to learn how to kind of dodge it. And he does starts dodging things. And he's learning to use the force now as he's jumping around, which is really cool. And he eventually, like, you know, shuts down the remote and all that. While this is all happening, Ahsoka finally meets up with Luke. And, you know, they're saying that uh, she mentions like, oh, he's doing really well so far. And I think you're doing a good job at training him. And Luke mentions like, it's not so much training. It's like, I think he's starting to slowly remember that he could do all this stuff, um, which, you know, obviously makes the, the job easier for him. 
Um, and then Luke mentions that, that was the Mandalorian before, wasn't it? And she's like, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, he left this gift that he wants to really give Grogu and all that stuff. Um, and he's like, okay. You know, Grogu's heart is still not fully into the training here. And I really don't know what I should do. And Ahsoka's like, well, just do what your heart tells you. You know, just continue doing what you're doing and just be there for Grogu, right? Um, so she hands Luke the gift and she goes on her way and Luke is like, well, will I ever see you again? And she's like, probably. So more than likely, I mean, I know obviously we're going to see Ahsoka again, right? She's getting her own series and all that. She may pop into The Mandalorian again. But does this mean we're going to see Luke in Ahsoka in her series? You know, are we going to see these two together again? Who knows, right? I mean, it'll be really, really interesting how they kind of left things open ended that way. Because it's very much apparent that Luke is a fixture within this storyline of The Mandalorian the Mandalorian universe that we know it right now, right? Ahsoka's there, Luke is there, we know Boba Fett is there with Fennec and all that. So, uh, and so we still have Bo-Katan uh, doing what she's doing. We still don't know what she's up to yet, right? Since she doesn't have the dark saber and all that, like what is her life like right now? So it'll be interesting to see if they're gonna bring Luke back and maybe have him interact with Ahsoka again. Don't know, we'll see what happens, right? So this happens. So then we finally get the moment where we see the one scene where Boba Fett is. So Mando goes back to Tatooine and he goes to, um, well, Boba's palace now. It's no longer Jabba's palace, right? And Fennec is basically um, uh, kind of giving an update, right? He said, like, these are where the pikes are right now. You know, all the heads of the other crime families are, you know, they're doing what they said they're doing. They're taking a step back, but they're allowing the Pikes to basically set up shop in order for them to eventually possibly take over, right? So they're not really doing much of anything, but they're strategically placing themselves you know, where they can eventually just come in and do what they need to do to take over, right? She introduces the Mandalorian to everybody. Boba Fett is there. Boba Fett doesn't say a single word of dialogue. He just stands there and he just nods and looks around. So we finally get the Boba Fett we've all been looking for, right? You know, the same way we knew him from uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi, right? <laughs> so again, this is what everyone's going to be talking about and complaining about and all this crap and bullshit, right? But anyway... So, you know, they figured that, all right, now that we have the Mandalorian, now that we have, you know, BK, Black uh, Cranstan, right, Cranstan, the, the killer Wookiee, who's one of my favorites now, we got, like, you know, the, the brain and the muscles who can, like, help us when, if war comes to fruition. You know, but it's not enough. We, st we still need foot soldiers, right? Like the mod people, you know, the gang as I like to call them, go back here, Boba and the gang, they're all still there, right? But there's only so much they can do, right? So Mando's like, well, wait a minute. Um, I can probably help out with that. And they're like, all right. 
So he goes off into his ship again and he flies around. We get this really cool moment, very cute moment, where he's flying off and we see, you know, the Jawa ship. And apparently Mando is now very popular with the Jawas because they see him fly by and they're like, hey, buddy. Oh, so nice to see you and all that stuff like that. Very, very cute. Um, And I'm pretty sure it's because he gave him a bunch of money when they helped him like get what he needed for his ship and all that stuff like that. But he flies off and he basically goes to where Cobb Vanth is. So he goes into that city. Um, I believe it's called Moss uh, Pelgo right he lands his ship and then we come across this douchebag you know you always have like that hot shot rookie guy who wants to prove himself or maybe he's just so much of a blowhard a hothead that he 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 doesn't want anything to get by him and all that so this guy's giving mando a lot of shit he's like hey if you're gonna park your ship you gotta park it all on the other side and Mando's like ignoring him. He's like, look, I'm here to see Cobb, right? Leave me alone. And he's like, I don't think you're you're hearing me, buddy, right? You got to do what I say. And it turns out that this guy's a new deputy. Deputy Cobb Vance shows up. He's like, don't worry about this guy. I got it. I got it from here. Stand down. And he's like, my bad. The guy's new. So, you know, he's flexing his muscles a little bit. Uh, he's like, is that a Naboo starship? And, you know, they have this uh, kind of uh, rapport with each other, which is actually really funny and very cute. The one thing that I love that he said was, where's the little guy? And he's like, oh, he's back with his people. And he's like, oh, that's too bad. You know, it looks like both you and I have lost something that we hold very dear to our hearts. And, of course, he's referring to the armor that he really loved. Um, and then Mano's like, hey, let me buy you a drink. You know, it's like, we need to talk. So basically, they sit down and they talk. And, you know, Mando's just trying to say, hey, look, this is the situation with the Pikes. This is what Boba Fett is planning to do. And we need help. We need support from all the local towns and all that stuff like that. Because when that time comes, when the Pikes start, you know, um, doing what they're planned to do, we need as much muscle as possible. We need as much help and support from all the other cities and all that. And Cobb is like, look, you helped us deal with the issue that we had. Once that was done, me and my people, we're good. We're solid. We don't need to do anything anymore. It's like, we're happy with what we're doing and all that. And even the bartenders like chime in. It's like, yeah, what you're going through with the Pikes, that sounds more like a city issue. That's for you guys. That's for Mos Eisley and, you know, uh, Mos Espa. You know, we're, we're, we're in the outskirts. We have nothing to do with any of that stuff. We turn. We it's find. We find out that it's no, it's no longer called Moss Pelgo. It's now called Freetown because that's what they feel. They feel they're free people. They're there to live their life, and not worry about the politics or all that shit, right? But Mando still keeps you know trying to convince Cobb. He's like, look, you know, it's hard for me to ask for a favor, you know, but I helped you out. You know, and I respect you. So uh, can you do me this solid, man? Right? Come on. And you could tell Cobb respects that as well. You know, he even mentioned, he makes a comment about, you know, you can get away with saying so much because of that brilliant smile of yours. But of course, he's wearing a helmet, right? So Cobb is like, all right, look. Let me think it over and let me see what I can do. And Mando respects that, right? So Mando leaves 
and he starts having a powwow with the bartender who is kind of like a I guess like a nice like a if I were to bring Star Trek into this he's like the Whoopi Goldberg he's what Picard uh, Picard uses to like you know talk about stuff mull things over get some advice so he's like the Whoopi Goldberg to Cobb Vanth Um, and he's like I need you to do me a favor round up all the fighting capable people we're going to have a meeting and he's like I don't think they're going to love that and he's like don't worry they'll understand it when I tell them what I have to tell them so he goes off and then it's at this moment you feel like something's not right because he feels it too the wind blows a certain way you know things are starting to look different and I've never seen Cobb Vanth look this concerned because he sees something from a distance and this is the moment of the episode where I freaked the fuck out because I saw this and immediately I knew who this was I was like no fucking way they're actually doing it they're actually doing it and as an audience we still don't know what's happening but Cobb is just like concerned he's like I don't know what's happening and then this freaking dipshit over here comes out and he's, Cobb is like hey everyone everyone needs to go inside I'm, I have a bad feeling about this he doesn't say that exactly okay I'm just bringing back a very classic Star Wars uh, term that I'm surprised no one has said yet. But if any time that was to be said, this would have been the moment. It's like, oh, I got a bad feeling about this. But this is guy, it's like, hey, what can I do to help? What's going on? And he's like, dude, stay away. Let's just wait to see what happens here. Right? And this dude gets closer and closer. And again, the confirmation is there for me. I'm just like, yes, they are bringing this dude here. And then he starts talking. And I'm just like, what? And he sounds awesome. Basically, this guy shows up and he's like, hey, whatever deal you have with Boba, I'll make sure that you are paid in double or triple. You'll get more money. All I need you to do is stay away from anything that's happening. You know, let the Pikes do their thing. You hold your ground here, stay away, and we'll make sure you're rewarded. And this whole time, Kyle's like, I'm sorry, who are you? You know, I, I, I don't think we've, we've been, you know, formally introduced. He never says his name, but as soon as he lifts his head, boom! It is Cad motherfucking Bane. Woo! I was just like, what? We finally got him. We got Cad Bane in live action. And I'm sure every Star Wars fan out there had this huge yelp at this moment. Lost their shit altogether. Because this is the one character that everyone has been dying to see in live action form. And it would make sense for him to show up in this series or in a in one of the seasons of the Mandalorian because he is one of the more ruthless bounty hunters out there. And like I said, 
He never mentions his name, but if you are a fan of the Clone Wars animated show, if you've watched The Bad Batch, you know, if you've read some of the comics, maybe played some of the video games, you know exactly who this guy is. And you are extremely thrilled to finally see him in live action form. Now, for those of you who are not familiar and still don't even know who his name was until I mentioned it, Cad Bane. Let me tell you who he is. Cad Bane is a bounty hunter and mercenary in the galaxy whose career spanned from the fall of the Galactic Empire, the reign of the Galactic Empire, and into the era of the New Republic. He was considered the best and one of the most experienced bounty hunters during the Clone Wars. Due to the death of Jango Fett at the first battle of uh, Geonosis. So Jango Fett was the once feared bounty hunter, but when he died, this guy became numero uno. This guy was the man. And then although his infamy grew during the Clone Wars in particular, Bane had high standing amongst other bounty hunters, working with the likes of Aura Singh years before the onset of the war. He even had temporary alliance with the Sith Lord Darth Maul. He specialized in fighting Jedi and dueled with some of the most skilled Jedi during the Clone Wars, including Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. His reputation led him to be repeatedly hired by the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Sidious, working for him on numerous projects, including infiltrating the Jedi Temple to steal a kyber memory crystal containing a list of Force-sensitive children throughout the galaxy. Bane was also later hired by Jabba the Hutt to free Jabba's uncle uh, out of the, the Republic prison. After a successful mission, Bane was rehired to track down um, the uncle when he fled. Uh, you know, and, and this goes on and on and on. Um, he eventually dueled Kenobi and Quinlan Voss, using a variety of weapons to hold his own against the two Jedi before fleeing. Later into the war, Bane was brought in by Count Dooku to participate in the box. Uh, surviving the deadly challenge before being appointed the leader of Dooku's plot to kidnap the Supreme Chancellor. However, their plot failed when it was revealed that Kenobi had infiltrated their ranks disguised as Raku Hardin and Bane was arrested along with the rest of the group. So this is just some backstory about this guy, but you could see why this guy is so feared and, one, and a huge fan favorite. Bane was still active during the early reign of the Galactic Empire. At this time, he was hired by Camino, um, a Camino Prime Minister Lama Su to retrieve an unaltered female clone named Omega. This is the events that played out within uh, the Bad Batch. And although he was thwarted by the intervention of fellow hunter Fennec Shan and Clone Force 99. So he's already had run-ins with Fennec. You know, and the Bad Batch group, right? So Fennec knows this guy extremely well since they already had a run-in. He has gone toe-to-toe with the Jedi, some of the biggest Jedis that we know, obviously in Anakin and Obi-Wan. And his reputation is all over the galaxy with everything that he's done. He was once thought of as being dead 
But then when he reemerged, especially in the Bad Batch, we find we come to find out that he's been surviving this whole time. And to see him still here is phenomenal. It's amazing. So like I said, understand. I totally understand if you had no idea who this dude was. Yeah, he looks badass, right? But if you are a fan of the Clone Wars, Bad Batch, like I said, he appeared in multiple comics, especially um, the Darth Maul comic run, um, some of the video games and all that stuff like that. He is, he is what a lot of us felt about Boba Fett, except we've seen him do more, obviously. So I, I guarantee you there are so many people who are comparing him to Boba Fett. And this is why this dude is amazing and Boba Fett isn't anymore and all that. Say what you want, right? They're both badass, right? But I love the fact that he's here. So that is your brief history lesson about Cad Bane. Uh, I took that, a lot of that excerpts from the Wookiee page, Wikipedia. Uh so if you want to read more, you can definitely look it up online. But as he shows up, obviously he made it apparently clear that he works for the Pikes. He's warning Cobb Vanth, don't, don't go on the side with Boba, right? The deputy that's there is constantly yapping. He's like, you can't tell us what to do. And, all, and, and Cobb is like... Dude, shut your mouth. But this whole time, Cobb is concerned. He is like really seriously worried. And again, we've never seen him like this before. Because he's always been cool, calm, and collected. You know, he's been always like this guy who doesn't seem to have that much fear in him. You know, very smooth. But this is the first time that he's actually freaking out. And he's like, you know, you're telling me all these things. Like, are you trying to threaten me? You know, or are you just giving some advice and stuff? Um, so he, rem- so uh, Cad Bane, sorry, Cad Bane reminds him, was like, look, Boba Fett is a cold-blooded killer and he used to work for the Empire. So this is the kind of guy that you're going to be backing if you don't heed my warnings right now. But Cobb is like, look, I'm not backing down. You know, he's like, I think it's time for you to leave. You know, we're good here. And he looks at him and he's like, it's a shame. You know, you've ne- you should have never given up your armor. And we get this showdown and we get this, you know, scene where they're right at the perfect paces and they push aside their jackets and what have you. And they're getting at the ready. Western in full effect. The only problem is the damn deputy is still there and he's thinking that he's going to join in on the fun. Big effing mistake. Why? First of all, Cobb looks like he had this. Look like he, he's able to stand on his own for the most part. But guess who flinched first? This poor dummy. And because of that, he gets killed, slaughtered. Gets his ass kicked. What happens is that Cad Bane shoots Cobb Vanth once. 
looks at this guy and shoots him like 10 freaking times. It's like, no, you're going down, buddy, for the idiocy that you are. And he wipes him out. Wipes him completely out. After he's done with that, he tells all the people in the town, like I said, stand your ground, don't do anything. As long as the pikes are allowed to smuggle their spice, we're all good. And then he walks away. Now, I don't think this is the last we've seen of, obviously, Bane. But I also don't think that this is the last we've seen a cop. Because um, the way he got shot, it looked like he just, he just got hit in the shoulder. And they run to him, and they're attending to him, and they're trying to, like, you know, take care of him and all that stuff, right? That damn deputy is dead. So, you know, throwaway character for an idiot, right? Um, so I'm pretty sure we're going to see Cobb Vanth back. Maybe he might be in lesser capacity because he's a little bit injured and all that. But he's definitely coming back, right? So amazing, amazing sequence here. I really love this part of the show. This this is what made the show for me, really. Phenomenal. And I really can't wait to see what happens. But then next, we get to see the Pikes in town at in Moss Espa. And they enter the cantina the cantina that we've grown to love and all that and they go in and as they walk in my homegirl the sexiest alien in all of star wars jennifer beals she's there and she's concerned she's like oh the pikes are here all right what do they want they sit down they order some drinks right you know, um, they they um, some of the people they offer. Hey, can we clean the helmets for you? Like what they usually do. They're like, no, nah, we're good. You know, they're enjoying the music and all that. And she's still keeping a mindful eye, right? As the drinks come, all of a sudden they just get up and leave. They walk out the door, and she, she's like, "What's going on? Why are they doing that?" The server robot was like, hey, guys, you forgot your canister. Uh Oh, as soon as that was said, she knew. And look at that face. She's like, oh, shit. Bam. They blow up the cantina. I was so disappointed about this because I love that place. And I love Jennifer Beale's character. I really didn't want to see the end of her. Is this truly the end of her? It's so unfortunate. I'm going to miss her if that is true. Because she was, even though she didn't really play like a huge role, I felt like they could have done so much more with her character. But it was just, well, every time she was on screen, she was actually amazing and very intriguing. But the Pikes made their move. This is like the first move that they made. Now, I do want to point out one thing. If you go back, let's say you watch the episode back, right? Take a look at the band, all right? And they highlighted the band several times in this episode, like during this scene. You got the drummer, you got the little clarinet players or what have you, right? The cantina band, right? 
Look who's missing. Max Rebo isn't there. So are you telling me that once again, Max Rebo has survived another attack? Who is this guy? He must be like a super spy or something like that. Because once again, he if, if this is the demise of everyone in this establishment, Max Rebo has survived yet another catastrophe. He survived the sailor barge attack when Jabba was there, right? And now this. This dude is made. I'm telling you, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. This dude needs his own series because there's something more to this dude. Max Rebo is amazing. So anyway, that happens. I, I just have to call that out. So move forward. We go back to this planet and we see that the temple is the the school is now fully put together and we see Luke and Grogu again trying to meditate. And but Grogu can't concentrate, right? So basically Luke is like, All right, yeah, the Mando is here and he wanted you to have this. Right? So he's having a discussion with Grogu. And basically, you know, he shows him what the gift was. He opens it up and we finally get to see that it was armor, chainmail. Now, I hate to say that I called it, but I called it. If you watched my episode last week, this is what I thought it was going to be. And to prove it to you guys, let's take a look. So that Me and my jokes. Vomits after eating too much, like we saw they will save all his clothes and his robe from getting all dirty and everything. How cute would that be? I personally think it's probably like a chainmail armor, something to put around him. But it's it's a little bit of a mystery. It looks like there was like a boom, chainmail armor. I said it. That's right. Chainmail armor. All right. Thank you for bearing with me. Again, it's it's very rare that I get things right when I speculate on things, so I take any small victories I can. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's go back. So yeah, so it's chainmail armor, right? So he puts it down, and Grogu's like, "Oh hell yeah, I want that!" And he's like, "Hold on, I want to show you something else." And he pulls out this lightsaber and it's like this is the saber of my master the guy who trained me yoda you know he kept yoda's lightsaber and he's like this could also be yours if you choose it you know however you can only choose one here's the catch if you choose the armor that means you are letting go of your training you are allowed to go back and join up with the Mandalorian, right? And but you're giving into the attachment, and you can no longer train to be a Jedi. Or you can choose a saber, and if you choose that, you're going to fully commit to your training, and I'll teach you everything that you need to know. So that you can protect yourself and you learn the ways of the force. But this comes with the possibility that you may never ever see the Mandalorian ever again. Because Grogu 
you know, his his he ages very differently than other people. And he said, your lifetime is not the same lifetime as others. So insinuating that the Mandalorian may die even before Grogu catches up. So that's it. One or the other. And tough, tough choice. And the episode ends with Grogu contemplating and looking as confused as ever. And he, the episode just cuts and ends that way. Now, I do have a gripe. Why can't... And I, have, and I guess this is the kind of issue I have with some religions as well. Why can't we be a little bit more progressive here? You know, what is this fear about attachment in learning to be a Jedi? Can't we, you know, get over the fact that, yeah, you know, we're still human. We're still creatures that have emotion. Why can't we still have some form of attachment and still learn the ways of the Force? I mean, I don't see how those two go, hand, like, hand, like how they conflict each other you know like what's the big deal you know isn't it 2022 why can't we just have that choice right why can't we allow ourselves to have that fulfillment of attachment and emotion and still do what we need to do for this other thing you know i i would love it if we could be a little bit more progressive here you know but that's just me um my issue and again one of the issues i have with religion in general so so yeah, so that is how the episode concluded, and that is what we saw there. Tough choice. What is Grogu going to do? And how soon are we going to find out? Are we going to find out in this series, or is this how we're going to find it out, or are we going to find it out when we start up Season 3 of The Mandalorian? Now, I'm pretty sure... That Grogu is gonna choose, you know, choose the armor, because what would the Mandalorian be without Grogu? A lot of you out there watching want to see Grogu all the time. You know, there was a big question when season two of the Mandalorian ended, with Grogu leaving. Will people still be interested in watching the Mandalorian without Grogu present? And I think it was fifty-fifty for the most part, right? But what will happen if we get him back? Well, obviously, a lot of people will be really happy. But does that mean that Grogu is no longer going to pursue his career in life as a Jedi? Well, that would also make sense because if he does leave, we never hear Luke in, you know, in any of the more recent movies mention anything of Grogu before. You know, we don't know who the other students Luke had except for Ben, right, Kylo. Never mention Grogu. But me personally, I would love it if he chose the lightsaber. Because if, if there is any part that we can get that we learn that Grogu eventually learned how to be a Jedi, and maybe he just decided to go off somewhere like Yoda to hide out how awesome would that be right and what what about the possibilities of future shows or storylines where we see a kind of older Grogu right but this time well versed in the force you know maybe teaching other people maybe he learned how to speak 
right? I I personally, that's what I would love, but I'm pretty, pretty sure that we're going to get him back with the Mandalorian, you know, because that's what the people want, right? Fan service. But this episode, you could probably say, was filled with fan service from beginning to end. I hate using that term, but it is what it is, but I loved it. This episode, again, just like last week's, spoke to our love of the, the series, our love of the lore, our love of the universe, everything that we love about Star Wars this episode gave us. And I think, like I said it again, and I'll keep saying it, it's all because of the brilliant writing and the directing. And it shows you the importance of having people involved in shows like this who have that passion and who can tell that stories, those type of stories, and who have that connection with the characters that they've been writing for and directing for a long time. And we feel it here. Not saying Robert Rodriguez is a bad director, but he only directed one episode of um, Star Wars before in season two of The Mandalorian, you know, and he can direct action but he, he he's also very campy in many ways right but I still think he did a great job but you could see what the experience says about someone when you watch an episode that they have their hands on so love this episode I'm dying to know what all of you think about it let me know in the comments let me know your thoughts and feelings of this episode one more one more to go Next week is going to be the last episode. We don't know how long that's going to be. I hope it's going to be a little longer, but maybe not. But who knows how this series is going to tie up. But if this is sort of like a side story to the whole Mandalorian universe, then more than likely whatever doesn't get answered in this series will get picked up in the Mandalorian. And I won't hate that. You know, I won't hate that at all. So this could be side chapters within the Mandalorian book, or this could be part of the overall book of Boba Fett, and who knows, maybe we'll get a season two. We'll see. Everything will be answered next week, and I'm definitely dying to talk about it and have a discussion with all of you. And thank you once again. This is the end of this week's episode. Thank you again for joining in and tuning in. Again, I always love to hear from you guys, so please leave your thoughts comments feelings in the comment section that's one of the best ways to also support this channel and these videos is just say something you know like let's have a discussion that's one of the reasons why i love doing this stuff is because i love the conversations that all of us have um if you haven't done so already don't forget hit that like button if you haven't done so yet please hit the subscribe button as well and don't forget to hit that notification bell so that you get notified anytime an episode of mine gets uploaded um, especially if a uh, mishap happens and I miss the uh, appropriate time uh, when I'm supposed to upload but next week I am aiming to um, upload this episode on Thursday morning the day after the final episode of Book of Boba Fett is uh, released and then after that more than likely I will start talking about Peacemaker because Peacemaker is still within their their season right now and then whatever comes up after that, which I believe might be Moon Knight, 
so stay tuned for that as I do the same type of treatment I've done here. Uh, again, for audio listeners, don't forget, go to the, your podcast platform of choice. Find the Loki Geek channel there and um, download these episodes if you want to listen it in audio form. Uh, if you're doing so already, thank you so much. Don't forget to hit uh, uh, subscribe fully and don't forget to uh, leave a great rating because that would be greatly appreciated. I will catch all of you guys next week. Thank you once again. Really, really appreciate all the support. Don't forget, 15% off Bulletproof Coffee by using the code LOWKEYGEEK, all caps, uh, one word. Uh, you can find all the information in the description of this episode. Find the link. Get 15% your order, 15% off your order, and enjoy Bulletproof Coffee. So until next time, stay cool, stay classy, stay safe, and catch all y'all next week. Peace.